<laughs> I can't even get my damn chair. Apparently. I like this pillow. It's doing a lot for us. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> You'd be surprised how much it does for us. Alright, we're live in one minute. One minute. Are you um, recording right now? Are you yeah. recording? Are you recording? Everything's Mom? recording. Oof. Welcome back, Believers, to the Don't Stop Bear Leaving podcast. I'm Chris. That's Michael. We are glad you guys are here with us. Episode two in the podcast. We hope you enjoyed our episode one last week, our pilot episode, where we gave you kind of a breakdown of what we wanted to do with the podcast, the vision for the podcast. Um, and we are glad you are along for the ride. So, I mean, it's been a while since we actually sat down and recorded, but, um, you know, what, what have you been up to? Um, well, actually, I've been trying to find some new breweries in my area, um, trying to go into Baltimore City. I've been always afraid of just going into the city. I've been perusing the uh, breweries on the outskirts, um, but a, an event that I've been at was the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival, Ooh. Um, which is the one sponsored by the Beer- Brewers Association. Is that the one we went to last year together, or was that a fall fest that just happened? That to was happen? a fall fest. Okay, yeah, that no. was the Hops and Harvest <laughs> Fest. That was awesome. Um, it was. So imagine that. But just beer. Just you know? beer, entirely and beer. There were 66 Maryland breweries uh, there. Wow. Yeah. And and it's really funny. They actually had it by region. So, um, you know, the, the Midwest or the, the North or the South. But, like, it's all in Maryland, so it's pretty funny. Um, but Maryland's very, not, like, that big. It's exa- not- <laughs> yeah, I know. But the, the, the fact that they had 66 come to this event was pretty phenomenal. And um, great stuff. I was able to visit tents for breweries that I've been wanting to go to, just sure, haven't been able sure. to. sure. Um, one of which, um, Oliver Brewing Company, fantastic stuff going on over there. Uh, Brookville Beer Farm, also very good stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I've been doing that, and I've been getting outside trying to get my golf game up. So, <laughs> Hey, I can help you with that. I can't help you with a lot of the beer <laughs> stuff, but I can help you with your golf game. Hey, well, there you go. So if anybody out there needs help with their golf game... I'm the guy to come to. Not me. Not him. Yeah. But that, that's fair. The new Top Golf, right, just opened up in Maryland. Uh, I don't think it's open yet. Okay. I really, am, I'm looking soon, forward soon. to it. Yeah. They they come out pretty quickly though, so I, I mm-hmm. think it's going to be within the year. Gotcha. Um, they're beautiful facilities when they mm-hmm. first come out. Oh my gosh, state yeah. of the art stuff. Um, I actually did go to a Top Golf in Alexandria, mm-hmm. and they have the, the little mini games where they simulate a course for you, a nine hole or eighteen hole course. So you you feel like you're playing a game, but you're just you know teeing off from the from the uh, driving range. Yeah, it's like a mix between, I'm sure everybody out there has been top golf. Maybe not, but it's like a mix between darts, bowling, and golf, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a blast. Yeah. yeah. I haven't uh, haven't been golfing in a while, but um, been doing a lot of this. A lot of, a lot of recording, a lot of audio stuff. Obviously, working a ton, but it's good to be back here. Oh, yeah. Episode two of recording. And um, we had a challenge in our first episode. Was We're going to leave every episode off with one of these challenges and we're hoping you guys are following along at home. Um, but Mike remind everybody what the challenge was last week and what they were supposed to bring, uh, to talk about or to listen about and think about, uh, for this episode. Sure. So last week I really wanted you guys to, um, to find an, uh, a stout that wasn't so scary to you. You know, again, a lot of people think stout, they think of the Guinness or they think something that's just you know crazy high alcohol content, or very thick, fully bodied, um, and it's not always that. Uh, it's just unfortunately what it's been doing in the, um, in American breweries. So uh, just to go 
into the history of stouts for a bit. Stouts were basically a porter. It started off as a porter back in the Industrial Revolution. In Europe, workers were coming in thirsty, and they wanted something to drink, and those the dark um, malt was actually super cheap back then, so they were able to crank those out, and they loved it. They liked that dark beer, but they wanted to start cranking up that alcoholic content, so they were asking for a stout or port, porter, and uh, they actually ended up creating this stout beer. And um, in 1817, around... Uh, Daniel Wheeler came out with the uh, drum roaster, which was able to create these darker, roastier beers at the same cheaper price using um, uh, uh, com- comparable to the those lighter uh, malts. So we were able to churn out these beers and create the the, the dry stout, which came out to be the Guinness. And which is a popular beer. I mean, a everybody super popular seems beer. to like Guinness. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, well, actually, that's kind of a polarizing beer. I feel like people either love Guinness or they don't like Guinness. Oh, very true. Very true. And, you know, you're going to see a lot of that in America because when you pour a Guinness, the idea is you have a specifically laser-etched glass that when you pour that Guinness, you wait to drink that beer. You watch it happen. Mm. We were at the Guinness, um, uh, was it the Open Gate Brewery over in Hawthorne, Maryland, um, where where they were showing us how to pour that perfectly. Mm -hmm. And we had to wait. Half of the glass is just falling, cascading bubbles, and it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, they don't Um, even give it to you. Initially, like, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it's a little bit different when you're at a bar and they're pouring it behind the bar. Like, of course, you don't have it, you know, in front of you while right. they're waiting to pour the remaining beer in. But, yeah, it just kind of sits there underneath the tap, like three quarters of the way full. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of just like, where's my beer? Right, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> like you just left it halfway full. Right. And you're not <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they did. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the thing is that Guinness, it's, it's what is it, around four... 4.5% alcohol con- con- okay. content. It's a thinner beer. It, you drink it and you just get, you know, coffee roastiness, um, medium to high hop content. Um, but it's super drinkable and mm-hmm. not chewy and you can have a few of them. That's really interesting what you said though about about kind of the birth of the stout, what it came from. Mm-hmm. You you used porter a lot in that conversation. What, what exactly is a porter though? Like, sure. And sure. why did that influence what a stout is so uh, the porter style came again from the mid 1800 uh mid 18th century sorry um when the industrial revolution happened and all these workers were coming in for work and you know these these new technologies were able to to be formed actually the hydrometer was founded around that time which helped us actually find efficiency in in our mashes um which is why we figured out that using those cheaper uh, grains was actually not efficient in making our beers um but anyways, uh, the porter style is just, you know, dark, more of a brown-colored, uh, robust in, in flavor beer, malt backbone, of course, and it was just easy to crank out, mm-hmm. and people want want a little bit more, want a little bit more oomph behind their beer, so they started asking for something more stout, and that's why we came out with the beer. So it actually, like, has to do with mm-hmm. what they were asking for. Yeah, exactly, yeah. The name yeah. Of it. yeah, interesting. Yeah. And a lot of people were trying to accomplish that idea by blending different um aged uh, or ages of porters um it just got a little weird because people couldn't really um keep the recipes alive by then because if you're blending different batches it's not like you could create that exact same batch that blend every time so right. they just created the porter it's really nice well we hope all of you at home found your stout mm-hmm. um 
So find yourself. No, find your stout. Um, tell us a little bit about what you picked out sure, here, Mike. So, so this looks like a YooHoo can to me. Yeah. <laughs> this actually, is actually probably what it's what it's what it's off of. Exactly. Right? I'm yeah. glad you actually noticed that. It's uh, based on the YooHoo um, uh, logo, if chocolate milk. Um, mm. This is Glen Coco by Black Flag in I want to say Columbia, it's Maryland. Shot here. Yeah, there you go. Um, a fantastic brewery. They actually do have uh, not. Uh, it's a rotating tap, but they do have a a stout that does scare me. It's called Black Mage, and it sits at around thirteen percent on alcoholic content. Jeez. So yeah, I um, so I get I get people getting scared of things, but this is this is more your more American style. Mm-hmm. It's not like Irish. This is this is a um, a chocolate milk stout. So milk milk stouts are um, first of all are going to be sweeter. They're going to have that fuller body, but this is sitting at six percent. It's very sessionable. That is. Um, yeah. I think it's a little uh, less dry or less sweet than a lot of people think um, a stout would be in America. And this mm-hmm. is just uh, to me, it tastes like drinking chocolate milk. You know, it has a nice body to it. But, I, mean, I guess that makes sense given its name. Yeah. So what what is the appeal of something like this? Like obviously people enjoy chocolate milk, but why do people want to drink chocolate milk beer? Sure. Yeah. No, I get that. So they do like like a silkier mouthfeel. And we um, over in Maryhill, we drink, we brew no stouts, but we brew a lot of porters, mm-hmm. and we come out with some high alcohol high alcoholic content porters that mm-hmm. we um, also age in, in bourbon barrels, which create a little bit of a stringency to them. Um, a lot of people like to 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 lower that by adding milk sugar or lactose sure um which yeah. just as um a side effect also creates a fuller body because it's an unfermentable uh product so it doesn't thin out um so people either you like it or you don't again preference is completely fine in beer and anything mm-hmm. um i remember talking to one of my friends saying you know uh, she, she actually pours wine and a, a customer came up to her and said i have no idea what i'm doing i have no idea uh, what i like and you know, can you teach me? And the first thing she said was, well, as long as you know what you like to drink, that's all you need to know about wine. And that's the same thing about beer, you know, and you're going to yeah, have all these, yeah, you're going to have all these different things, um, adjuncts, uh, th- different things to flavor your beer that a lot of people are going to not like, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we'll get a little bit more into about it, about it. Uh, I guess I think I have a few ideas to talk about because a lot of people are scared about adjuncts. Yeah. Um, especially in this season we're in, we talk a lot about, um, pumpkin beers mm-hmm. or, uh, or uh, you know, Christmas flavoring beers, mm-hmm. or even if we head into the summer months, um, just any type of fruit beer. A lot of people are just afraid of those those things. Or people don't say, oh, you know, I want to drink a man's beer. I don't want to have anything fruity in it. Uh, well, well, we'll talk about that just down back the off, man. Yeah, back off, Some man. Some great fruit beers out there. There are. There are. I got on the bandwagon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it all, it's all beer at the end of the day, right? <laughs> it's just a matter of... Uh of what it tastes like, what it looks like, how it's brewed. But mm-hmm. I think any anybody will, will take it as long as there's alcohol in there. True, <laughs> true, yeah. Well, uh, what are some, uh, maybe uh, some other stouts that people might have picked out? You know, I mean, sh- can you name a couple that maybe are available in, in a typical sure, store that sure. you, they might have gone and grabbed? Yeah, well, so again, we're recording this in the colder season, so I'm mm-hmm. assuming you, when you guys went out to the store, you guys went to your breweries, you guys had some can drops that were... Uh, those those gingerbread style stouts, um, GBS is actually a huge thing in the uh, beer industry. A lot of breweries are cranking those out. I know Hardywood is in famous. Richmond. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Richmond, yeah, and it's famous for actually their gingerbread stout. And so I'm sure maybe a couple of you guys might have gotten that one. Um, 
I got my hands on another one from Black Flag, which I think I'm going to save for another episode because I'm really yeah, excited about it. I'm going to let it kind of chill out because it's... it's like twice the size of this it's, can. <laughs> well, that's just a crowler, but it's this beer aged in a bourbon barrel. I'm really excited about oh, it. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I, I, you know, again, um, and we're going to talk about bourbon barrel aging. We're going to talk about just barrel aging in general. Um, but it, it does add a little bit of a kick to it. The, the bourbon is, the barrel is very evident in the beer. Um, but yeah, I, I think also a lot of people probably came home with a Guinness. They probably yeah, had probably. a Guinness 10 years ago, never had it again. And I asked this challenge out and they're like, well, this is accessible. You think the people out there that had a Guinness 10 years ago and just didn't drink it again because they didn't like it? I can't say besides that time that we were at the factory or, uh, open gate brewery, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't remember drinking like a Guinness before. That, really? You know? like, that is shocking to me. It's just, it's just not my style. I don't yeah. really like that dry roastiness. Mm-hmm. You know, I want in my stouts, I want not necessarily that chewy 13% oatmeal stout, but mm-hmm. you know, something a little silky like this that I can just keep kicking back. Yeah. That's nice. Um, but Guinness has been churning out. I think they call it over the moon. Over the moon. It's this blue can. Um, and I have to get my hands on it. I wasn't able to get over there, um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm sure it's in my local uh, bottle shop too. Um, I think it's a milk stout. I think they collabed with with the local brewery or so. It's nice for doing that. that. It's nice that you know a big brewer like that just comes in and mm-hmm. doesn't say, "Yeah, we're just going to sit here and crush everybody. Oh, yeah. We're going to collaborate and, at least to a degree." I mean, I, obviously, I'm not speaking off a of fact here, just perception, but it seems like they're trying their best to fit in with the community. You know, that's actually a good point you brought up is that we were all afraid of Guinness coming in because they were going to have so many laws on their side. Actually, when they were opening up, I was part of, I was, I signed the bill to, to fight them to come in, um, to, cause, well, cause <laughs> how do you look now? <laughs> asshole? <laughs> well, the thing is they were limiting the amount of barrels yeah. per, I think it was per month or per year that we could churn out. Um, but that didn't affect them at all. So they gave us a ceiling that was easily, you know, uh, surpassed, surpassed for, for them. And they weren't even a part of it. So, so they were able to crank out more beer than we were. Yeah. Um, I think it was, it was either that or they made a ceiling that we could never hit. So we would just never hit those margins that were eat like that were there in the market. Yeah. But Guinness was able to. So, um, but the thing is Guinness has been collabing with smaller breweries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been hosting events, for smaller breweries and also hosting events for um, local politicians that are trying to, mm-hmm. to break down, uh, you know, the current laws in place in Maryland because it is a strictly uh, the alcohol tax is just yeah. crazy over there. I mean, it's crazy to me how many breweries there are in Maryland given the state of kind of the political climate right. and the you know, political landscape for for beer, mm-hmm. um, specifically beer. I mean, in Virginia, I don't think there's that many restrictions compared oh to yeah i think Maryland, they right? promote like they'll give you money to go over there and like and, and just like make a brewery yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. well because there's so much space on the other side of dc mm-hmm. there's just so much space on the east side it's all open because it used to be or it still is um wine country you know and yeah. now with the fad of breweries and even cideries they're, they're starting to open up over there mm-hmm. um fantastic stuff over there i was actually just over there two weeks ago for my sister's brother-in-law's wedding mm-hmm. and of course I got there early so I could go to a brewery. Of course, naturally, <laughs> as one does. Uh, when, actually, I met my father for uh, Black Hoof, and um, I didn't do any research on it. Okay. I just saw that it was close. It was in Leesburg. Um, or, oh, or heck at, yeah, Leesburg? Actually, was it Leesburg or was it near Purcellville? 
near it's well Leesburg and Percival are yeah. decently close to each other. Out in the sticks. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, but it was really interesting to go there because the entire place is decked with like German uh, or Belgian like flags or artwork or pictures of the area, and their styles are definitely that too. Like they had they had a. Uh, a Mars in there that my dad had that was pretty fantastic. I had a black logger. Um, pretty good stuff over there. I really nice. was a Let's fan. Check it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, you talked a little bit about the tasting notes of, of what you chose, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe speak a little bit to it a bit more. Maybe talk about the brewery itself as well. Like, okay, where, yeah. where did you find it? So, Black Flag, a nice little cute spot. They actually just upgraded their stainless steel. So, so they actually have some nice. Um, I think I want to say I want to say a 15 barrel uh, production system, mm-hmm. maybe maybe a lower, maybe higher. But good stuff over there. They're churning them out pretty pretty often. Pretty new stuff. Either doing variations of the current or um, doing just great collaborations. We actually Manor Hill collabed with them to come out with a I think it was a New England IPA. Fantastic stuff. Great guys over there. Always down to talk about their recipes. Actually, one of their brewers. I was I was over there and I was frustrated with my homebrew. And I was talking about New England IPAs, actually, and he was helping me figure out how to get that great haze to him. But anyways, the spot itself, you know, a small little uh, bar station. They actually have this backdrop on the wall that has um, Han Solo and Greedo. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, from, from the scene where uh, Greedo shot first or, or whatever. But it's, it's a really cool place. Um, I always go over there. Grab, grab like a beer, maybe a flight, and then sit at or stand at one of the barrels and just kind of study. I go over my notes. I um, I talk to the brewer right there because it's right at the end of the bar. Um, That's right, because you're studying up. You got some tests coming in the uh, spring, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah. um, great spot over there. It's I want to say it's really accessible to the Maryland Beer Trail in that you're in like the Columbia area, which is right in that diamond of Annapolis, Baltimore, Frederick, and, mm-hmm. and D.C. So really, if you, if you have if you have the ch- chance to go out there, go out there, um, grab... I, I highly recommend their stouts. They have a uh, <laughs> a Dank Hop series that's pretty dang Dank good. Hop series? What's yeah. up? So every few months or so, they'll come out with their next one in that series. It just gets better and better. I think the latest one since I've been there, was Stimulo. There was one that was, like, so hopped for me. It was such fresh hop smell mm-hmm. and, and uh, aroma and flavor, but then it just got, you know, a little bitter for me at the end. Um, but great stuff. If you like, if you like IPAs, if you like stouts, go there. Um, right down the road, you have Sapwood Cellars, and that's if you want just, you know, wild fermentation or if you really want to go and experiment with beers. Really cool spot. I got to take you there. Okay. So when they first opened, they create a few brews that as people came in throughout the throughout the months like you could try those beers that are slowly getting more complex and so you could be there oh, interesting yeah like different stages of its brewing process exactly wow. well not brewing process there was brewed but it'd be aged okay you know and so that way you can literally get to get to know what barrel aging means oh stuff. i see i see okay. very cool spot over there yeah i think that's kind of a lost i don't know like idea to most people it's just like okay, the beer's done, then they just put so it in the barrel, like <laughs> or like you know what, what does barrel age even mean? How long are they in the barrels mm-hmm. for? Like those are questions people probably don't know. Oh yeah, I know we're definitely gonna get into that because yeah. um, a lot of people think barrels 
they think barrel aging, they think, okay, we're going to put it in a bourbon barrel. And right. it's, if you're going to do that, it's probably going to be a stout or a porter. So, um, but no, there's, there's some barrel aged beers. Stick around for episode three where we dive into one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And oh gosh, yeah. Rain me in. Cause I'm about to go into barrels. <laughs> um, no, but great stuff over there. There's another brewery, um, actually right next to black flag or right down the road is hysteria. Oh yeah. Very, hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they also have a bunch of, um, of IPAs and, um, stouts, but they're, I think, I want to say their most famous one is their mother's milk stout. Um, very fantastic. Like mother's milk. Like mother's milk. But I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I had a professor in college who used to always uh, say that. I'm not sure why he would say that now hmm. that I think about it. What class was that for? It was like was it math or something. It was like some kind of yeah. economics. Something or... where that comes up naturally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, no, guys, check out Black Flag Brewing. Get yourself a Glen Coco. Um, you can follow <laughs> them on Instagram. Looks like it's Black Flag Brewing Co. Um, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. definitely check them out and visit them up in Maryland if you're yeah. in the area. Uh, great little brewery up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let's talk about maybe something that they can do for for episode three here, right? I mean, the challenge for this Next week challenge. is going to be probably related to a barrel aged. Well, let's beer, see. Or I, did you want to shake it up? Um, well, we're actually near the um, the holiday season, so I actually want us want you guys to go find yourself a you know a Christmas beer, a festival beer, because I don't know about you guys, but a lot of people are either 100% for pumpkin beers or not at all. And I am mm-hmm. not at all. Like, I just don't <laughs> like it. You drink a pumpkin beer and it's just like, oh, yeah, there's the pumpkin. Like, great. Takes <laughs> over. Kind of takes over. Yeah. T- pumpkin is a very strong flavor to me. So, so find a pumpkin beer that you actually like. No, find a Christmas beer. Christmas um, beer. I... Even though this will be after Christmas, obviously, right? By the time right. you guys hear this, but that's okay. I'm sure you have some in your in your fridge still, because mm-hmm. um, nobody drank them. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you get a six pack, you have one, you're like, hey, I celebrate Christmas. I got five left. I don't know. Um, it doesn't have any pumpkin, but you know, try some, find mm-hmm. something where you're like, oh, that actually does sound interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta think of the Christmas flavors. What do we have like nutmeg, holly, berries. <laughs> that's where you go when you say Christmas flavors <laughs> clove cinnamon c- cinnamon you know peppermint maybe find something yeah, like, yeah, 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 I don't yeah. Know. find something like that or if you're really into pumpkin beer actually no if you're really into pumpkin beer don't go get a pumpkin beer obviously <laughs> so uh, get get something that's the get the unique. Christmas beer and if you like Christmas beer go get the pumpkin beer <laughs> and then you guys can trade tasty notes afterwards exactly it's all about you know getting your feet wet in someone else so. literally wet in beer don't put beer on your feet <laughs> Put it in your mouth where it belongs. <laughs> well, that's it for today, Beer Leavers. Thanks for tuning in. And remember that challenge. We'll talk to you guys next week when we cover Mike's uh, esteemed little uh, bourbon-aged beer surprise he wants, to, uh, <laughs> he wants to show for you guys. As always, thanks for tuning in. You can follow us on Instagram at Don't Stop Beer Leaving. I'm Chris. That's Michael. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.